Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, uh, I'm the Gnarly Gnome. This is Scentsy Brewcast. It's the voice of Scentsy Craft. I'm tired. I'm tired of her setting all this up. I, you know, I got this, this brilliant idea this year. I'm like, you know what? People have been asking for it. I'm going to start adding video content into Scentsy Brewcast and uh, not understanding that it would take me four times as long to set up. I have to haul around four times as much equipment. It's, it's a pain in the ass. So I hope you guys are following on Scentsy Brewcast on YouTube and watching everything and sharing it and liking it and commenting and all that stuff you're supposed to do on YouTube, but uh, because it's a pain. It is an absolute pain. Uh, this is a show that uh, has uh, it's been a while since we sat down here and talked. If, if my notes are correct, it was uh, definitely pre-pandemic. It was, I'm trying to look that. it up as quickly as I can here, which is probably, see, I should be more prepared about this stuff. I like that you're um, not. It makes me feel at home. Oh, see, in my, my quick search pulled up this episode that I'm recording. I don't know. It was definitely pre-pandemic. You guys were getting ready to uh, start packaging some of your beer via a contract partner, um, which I definitely want to talk about a little bit. Right. Um, <laughs> we'll be nice about it. <laughs> um, uh, I think you hinted at the, uh, the idea that at some point down the road, there will be some sort of expansion that you guys were going to try to figure out. Correct. Uh, Three years later. Everything looks the same to me. (laughs) Hey, we just had new window decals put out on the uh, building next door. You got to go check that out. So I always come in the back, the back door, like any good good neighborhood joint. You walk in the back door instead of the front door. Um, So I didn't get to see the window decals. It looks like something's happening out there now. Uh, After four years. We'll definitely talk about that, too. (laughs) Um, And before we do that, though, we need to to drink a beer because it's it's a beer podcast. And... um, I believe, without looking at notes, this is still the most awarded beer in Cincinnati. Is that right? I'd go with that. Um, I, I believe Just call it is. It that. I'm pretty yeah. sure it is. Yeah. Um, I've been building a uh, a really crazy spreadsheet of <laughs> awards in the city just to find all kinds of goofy statistics about stuff, and uh, I believe that this is still the most awarded beer. So, okay. uh, Moosey, a milk stout, um, <laughs> an incredible milk stout. So, uh, why take a big swig of this? Cheers, and um, tell me. Uh, tell me a little bit about this beer and kind of how it how it fits into to Brink and how important it is to Brink and um, and, and we'll keep going on some All right. more stuff. You, you drink, I'll talk. Uh, that is one of our Andy first. McLeese, by oh, the way, yeah, I don't know I, if I introduced I, you. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> I'm a bad podcaster. Yeah, terrible. Uh, you know, that's been one of our. We never really set out to have flagships, but that quickly became one of them right out of the gate. Uh, that's an old school uh, homebrew recipe from. Delhi Mashers Homebrew Club, so that that was actually brewed first time. It was brewed for like the Ohio State Fair. I want to say 2015, and uh, it won a gold at the Ohio State Fair. So obviously, then we just translated it over to the uh, commercial side. It's been with us ever since. It's got, uh, as sure as everyone knows, three GABF gold medals. Uh, World Beer Cup, a bunch of other local medals. We did enter it this year in GABF, and it was in the medal round and had really good notes. So I'm just going to pretend it came you know, in fourth this year. Let's talk about but, let's talk about medals and and <laughs> and, 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 and uh, any kind of award ceremony. At a certain level, when your beer gets to a certain certain point in that competition, it's kind of the same thing as winning. It just depends on. On who's drinking it, who the loudest person at the table is, who Could be, like it's, yeah. it, you know, yeah. it, 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 at a certain at a certain point, it's it's kind of the same thing to me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're not wrong. It can be quite a crapshoot. I mean, I do some beer judging, haven't in forever, but you're exactly right. Whoever's the most convincing at that table and uh, can sway the other folks to the uh, palate sensation, it's usually wins. You it's know? such a hard thing too because now we, we have to have probably talked about this on the show before. But in in a in in a competition like that, you're these are all judged to style. So you're trying yes. to make the beer that tastes like another beer that right. already exists. <laughs> something that you're trying to make the beer that is most like that style. Exactly. And in their description it says the beer should taste like this beer or this beer. Yep. It's the whole thing. There, there a lot of time only... those beers are in there. <laughs> it's... Yeah. I mean, one of the uh, commercial examples probably at every bottom of like at least milk stout judging sheet is left hand, yeah. which, uh, you know, ironically moved to uh, oatmeal stout this year and I think uh, did they really yeah I want to 
They at least want a silver. They want a GABF medal uh, for left hand milk stout under oatmeal stout now. <laughs> so, you know. Well, and that's funny because the beer is actually called <laughs> milk, stout. milk stout. Yes, exactly. That's <laughs> you know we all we all love Mad Tree and Happy Amber who yeah, keeps man. winning for uh, for ESP, ESP. ESP <laughs> you know, for an Amber. But competitions yeah. are strange, but uh, uh, it does still mean something, right? Like oh, it absolutely. still feels yeah. really good to win a medal. Oh yeah, the well, I guess what are we six year streak now? Acting like I didn't know that. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we know it's coming to an end. I'm the one who has to tell everyone this before every competition. Just get ready yeah. for when we don't win. Uh, it'll at be, some point, it ha- well, it'll maybe, be, maybe it'll it doesn't. It doesn't know. have it's, to happen. It's but, a long streak. But, you know, uh, are there any breweries that have, what is the like the longest streak? I think we're we? the we're the longest in Ohio right now. Do uh, we know, like, nationally what the longest streak is? Oh, uh, like Pizza Port's one. Like I think twenty years plus or That's something crazy. like that. That's uh, crazy. There's a few like um, I want to say, Fatheads was on like an eleven or twelve year streak, right? And then they lost last year. They got back on the metal stand. So that elitist made us have the uh, longest active Ohio streak. Now, That's, so it's crazy though. Just that that thought of like, because there are some breweries that enter a ton of beers. Yeah. Great beers that just never kind of get past that 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 level and yeah. never get one, let alone that, every year. That's um, that's true. Uh, you know, we like the fact that now we, now we have three styles, so we're not just you know one horse pony in it. But how do you how do you keep from? Because I mean, I know a lot of people talk about the awards here. How do you keep from letting that become the identity? It kind of has. Not by Has it? I don't know. We we struggle with that. I mean, we have uh, late night drunken talks around the bar, like. What is the Brink brand? And right. Like, oh, it's I try to say it's quality without pretension. You know, we're goofy asses around here, but I mean, largely, uh, you know, we we back that up with the competition wins. You know, right. it, it has become a pretty big part of our marketing, much. To my chagrin, I don't want that to, you know, well, be, be, be the identity. It should be a part of it. But it should I, be, I, yeah. But I don't know but that it should be everything that uh, um, you guys are about, which which I don't think it is. Yeah. Um, you know, Brink to me, like I, you know, when, when we first sat down, when you guys first opened, it was, you know, we were talking about the neighborhood and, you know, being on the brink of something and being kind of this, this, this driving force to kind of create redevelopment in an area that yeah. uh, is ready for it. And. Uh, like, to me, that still is what I feel. This, if you look out there, you can see that's uh, coming to fruition here. Uh, it, yeah, all up and down the street. Yeah. You know, there yeah. it's it's incredible what's happened. And you know, I in a lot of ways, to me, and if I if I looked at a list, I could probably name a couple other examples. But you know, when we talk about neighborhood breweries, you guys were one of the first real successful actual neighborhood breweries that kind of took it to this other level and said, look, you can be a neighborhood brewery and still be a part of this bigger thing in Cincinnati. Yeah. You know, if somebody's, somebody's sitting down over at Mount Carmel, sitting at the bar and they're talking to somebody about breweries to go to, somebody's probably going to say brink if you're in a covered conversation about it. And that's, that's and then different. they say that's way too far <laughs> so away from Mount where? Carmel. Yeah. Where's <laughs> College Hill? <laughs> but that idea that that a neighborhood brewery can be part of the bigger discussion of uh, the greater Cincinnati beer scene, I think, is it started with places like Brink. And I think that that to me, that's the identity and the thing. That, yeah. You know, sometimes it can get a little crowded in here. It's not a big tap room. <laughs> that's part of what makes it what it is. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's part of what makes a neighborhood brewery. You want that. You know, you want you want to walk in and have regular sitting at the bar. You want to walk in and have it be a little crowded sometimes. You want to walk in. like that, Those are all things that a lot of times uh, we, we, we lose with some of these other places. And True. Stuff, that model is great, too, but um, this is very different. I agree. I think, you know, uh, it's... it's that's obviously what we set out for, and this is a great community for that. And, you know, if I turn my back, I probably know everyone here. Right. I think the run club's coming in. They're, you know, the regular well, element. Uh, I laughed when I walked in, and the, the, the Verge crew was still sitting oh, yeah. at the table. I'm like, oh, <laughs> yep, there they are. Yeah, uh, so, yeah, they have all their, their secret <laughs> meetings here at Brink. So, uh, you know, all the Verge planning has been done here. So, uh, I think I'm supposed to be in that meeting, too. But, uh, <laughs> so, yeah, uh, you know, we've, we've, it's funny, we just had this conversation last night, me and uh, Molly, uh, Mark's wife, Kelly's uh, sister, just about our renovation and what we got going on next door. And a uh, little known fact, we were very close to opening a second location this year. Uh, okay. Get a little bit into that if you wanted to. But, yeah, well, uh, let, let's go down that road. Because, you know, as, as we talk about this neighborhood brewery idea, something like Brink, the, the, the identity is so centered around this yeah. and being right here. 
how do you take that? And obviously, you know, the plans have, have changed a little bit in there, I guess. Yeah. No, um, but how, when you're talking about that, how do you take that idea and be like, okay, maybe we could not necessarily replicate this, but take that idea and put it somewhere else and, and, and create something that still resonates the same way, but that has its own identity. And, and how do you, how do I you mean, plan I, growth for a place that is yeah. by its design? It's not supposed yeah, to I be mean, big. We're, we're a lifestyle business more than a growth business. And that's always been, you know, it's kind of weird because I think we've, we got a decent brand. I mean, it's a recognizable yeah. brand, not oh, only yeah. just in town, but throughout the state. And we get a lot of tourists who obviously heard of us because of the metals. So right. we don't want to just sit on that and do nothing with it. So as you know, I guess the last time we talked, we, you know, how do we get that out there a little more through the contract brewing? So part of the plan was, you know, we were going to open a more production-based facility. It was still going to have a tap room, but, you know, how you replicate that, the risk is sounding cheesy. It's just the people who are working here, the people who make the beer. Uh, that's all part of the identity. I mean, right. we're, the, we're the brewery you can come into, and the owner is, might be bartending, <laughs> or he's hosting terrible curmudgeon <laughs> trivia. Uh, you know, which is our Tuesday night gig or, uh, yeah, there's a lot of, uh, owner band is playing here. So there's, you know, there's just a connection, uh, from the people who work here and we, we really don't have any turnover, very low amount of turnover. Uh, there's been a few bartenders have come and gone, but for the most part, people who were here on opening day still work here. They're part of it. They, I mean, everybody's really bought into the brand. So that's, right. you know, that's a big part of just what we do, but yeah, we were, Looking to try to, you know, take over more, if not all, of the uh, the packaging. Only way we could really do that is production facility. We put in an offer on a building. It was accepted. We had a purchase agreement to buy a building. Went through design phase on it, uh, and this was all under the wow. radar. Yeah, wow, no, nobody knew it was this far. Uh, fell through for several reasons. One is the cost to build anything now is ridiculous. Right. But, uh, kind of got to a choice where it was like right at it was going to be about a 2.4 million dollar project and uh unlike a lot of breweries in town we don't have any investors here i mean it's me and mark that's you know kelly still has shares here but it was all just our own money and we've never taken on investors so yeah we've done a lot of it with bank debt and uh right. as we've gotten out of that like did we really want to pile <laughs> in that that big again right. so we kind of pivoted. I know we were going to talk about the expansion that has, or that clearly I've been bringing up for three years that hasn't really happened. <laughs> but um, some of that was we, we pivoted back to just, you know, who who are we? This is still our roots. It was always our agenda to, you know, try to buy the building next door, do something with that before we take this big leap into a second location. So we rightfully chickened out. Like, at the, <laughs> like 30 days from closing this huge loan, like, whew, thank God. Well, I mean, so. like, on one hand, a like a brink production facility with a tapper, like that would be cool. Yeah. Like, I, I I could get behind that, but at the same time, like, I there's that uh, that other side of me that's that's probably not the most business minded side <laughs> of me. That's the, uh, the 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 diehard craft beer kind of nut. That's like, no, this this is brink. Yeah. I don't I don't want anything beyond this. And that I was kind of the decision I, I, too. But, but I know that that's probably that's probably almost like. Uh, kind of, kind of shitty of me to say, as somebody who's <laughs> trying to run a business and trying to grow a business and trying to turn it into something that's bigger than what it already is. Um, you, you, growth is important too, and that's a hard thing to kind of to do with with a space like this. I, yeah. you know, you, oh, yeah, without a doubt. Uh, <laughs> and that that would have strayed from you know kind of our roots. And to be quite frank, I was scared shitless that we wouldn't right. be able to do it. Like, oh my god, can we work this bigger system? We're throwing in a canning line now. We're got two facilities to run and you know we are not top heavy it's right. you know the administration's pretty much me and mark mark handles more of the you know brewery operation and production side and that sort of thing and i'm front of house business growth and development but like can we even manage two spots without totally restructuring you know kind of becoming more corporate and business like yeah, well, you, you talk you know, about how you walk in here and the people that are here people that have been here for so long you open up a space like all of a sudden that's changed yeah, it's, it's bringing in you know your the majority of people that now work for the company are not people that have been here that long right. it's you know it's it, that it opens up a whole new can of worms it, it would yeah um let's let's talk about the contract stuff let's talk about the cans 
Um, when we talked last time, you were just kind of, you're there, this is probably coming soon. And uh, I think at that time, there was not a lot of discussion around town about people contract brewing. Yeah. Like it was still like it was, you know, it was happening and had, has been happening for forever, but um, people weren't really kind of uh, doing it to the level that they are now. And I, COVID is a big part of that. There's a lot of reasons for that, but um, you guys, you guys were kind of um, maybe one of the biggest kind of not big, obviously not biggest, but one of the bigger examples where people talked about it, like, Oh, that's, you know, how, how are they doing this? And so well, yeah. it's, it's contract brewing. And yeah. then sometimes, and I, I'll say this, you don't have to say it, but I, I <laughs> sometimes had beers that were in cans from maybe your original contract partner uh, that didn't necessarily taste exactly the same as the beers that were coming out of the taps here. How do you, as a business, deal with that? Very gingerly. <laughs> um, it's it's hard, and that was our biggest fear of doing this. I mean, uh, and you're right. Uh, a lot of that was, again, a decision um, based on COVID and having to get out there. Uh, you know, when you lose, you know, quarter of, right. or more of your tap room revenue, you got to replace it somehow. Obviously. Uh, but it was also an opportunity at that time to get into Kroger, which they, sure. they kind of approached us. We weren't looking at that. And it was they were like, hey, you won all these medals. Like, we want to get you in here. So, Well, and again, and, it yeah. does get those drinkers that might be sitting at a yeah. bar over in Mount Carmel. Be like, oh, I can I can go grab brink beer without having to I mean, the, the way we handle it is um, if they're quality. Yeah, I mean, to be quite frank, um, part of the reason that we're going the route we are and we wanted to open the second location is, you know, we have... Con- just the control over the quality right. of that. Like we don't have to jump through the hoops or, right. you know, have, have our name associated with, you know, other, other breweries. And there, there was some discussion about that because again, that kind of veers off from who we thought we were, you know, just philosophically doing this, but uh, that's a hard one to handle. Um, yeah. I mean, there's been quality issues that come up here and there when you're putting up that much beer. I mean, we make it right. It's usually, Come to the tap room. Uh, right. we'll, we'll give you the stuff you want off the tap. Right. <laughs> you know, and it, it, it does happen. I would say, you know, people who are very accustomed to drinking Moosey here, for example. And it's a totally different system that is brewed on. Bigger system. And, and every system that you brew on, there's, there's quirks. And the way we do stuff back there is just it's bizarre. Believe me, <laughs> when, when we've gone through, like, process, process workflows with sitting down with our contractors and, like, try to... And I get them to, here's how we make this. And they're like, in there, what? What the hell are you doing here? Or, but did you just say at this point you have to kick the brew kettle? <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's some of that. Like, how do you get the Moosey, uh, you know, the original starting gravity correctly? Oh, well, it's exactly this speed on the pump and how slow right. we transfer this particular beer versus all this other stuff. And we had a very odd hop schedule i'll just say on all our new england's and i think that's kind of the uniqueness hey it's expensive as hell the way we hop a lot of our beers but i mean we were using a lot of hops (laughs) a lot more than any you know real true commercial brewer set you know does and they sat down and they looked at our recipes like what i've never seen a hop schedule you know how expensive this beer is gonna be like yeah i know but you know then (laughs) you gotta try to translate that recipe but still you know keep as much of the flavor profile as you can and we did a lot of that in the early r&d with who uh, i mean we were contracting with uh impact we actually right. used a couple impact and Carrican, uh, uh who we've been going through but i mean we sat down with them and kind of experimented with some of the the beers especially the hoppy beers to try to get what we do here some of it was you had to take out the pellets and use powder and different things to get better utilization so it was it's a different type of brewing on that kind of scale for sure so is it going to taste like a seven barrel small batch always no but i mean i think on the cores for the most part we've gotten very close to it um some of the the ipas that we're putting out uh they're just the single hop ones that we do uh you know, that way it's just, it's right. an easier hop schedule. It's an easier try to get, you know, try to replicate the flavor. So it can be, and I will, I'll say, I'll use like, uh, some kind of bigger, uh, amorphous example of, of contract brewing. I'll say like, I, I, I talked to, uh, um, a, a friend that, uh, also has a brewery that contract brews and, uh, 
recently decided they were going to pull out of contract brewing and start bringing it all in-house, kind of the same idea that you guys were going to do. And um, uh, the discussion, we, you know, the, for the second year in a row, <laughs> their, their Oktoberfest was one that always got me, that, you know, you get a can of Oktoberfest that is contract brewed and you get a can because they did some in-house also cans and you get the two beers that are both in cans, 12 ounce cans that look the same that to the consumer are the same beer and you pour them both and they're just completely different <laughs> beers. And I like, I it's, it's frustrating from, from, from the consumer's perspective especially when you have cans that are all different. Yeah, I, I, and like it's a, it, for so long, that was one of the things that people, uh, people touted as the sign of a great burial consistency, consistency yeah. is, which I, I think is a little bit bullshit. I think you can have inconsistencies with beers and that's kind of sometimes the fun of it, of watching how things change and evolve. But, mm -hmm. um, uh, it, it, it's hard. It's, it's a really hard, uh, tightrope to kind of walk and, 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 explain to people and you're you're not, right not and, not you know and I, i'll tell i'll tell you one of the things that's been surprisingly the hardest thing to replicate is especially on our new england ipas it's just the the haze level like the right. the clarity and the color like you'd think you know circling back to the beer judge in me i mean that's kind of one of the throwaway right. categories on beer judge i'm like ah, it's three points here it is it's you know looks like it should look like but uh, we produce a certain opacity here that I had no idea was as important as it was to beer drinkers. So, I mean, we've had people call up here and ask, oh, you got any, you know, do you have any of your four packs in here? Yeah, somebody called up not more than two months ago and was like, can you open a can and take a picture for me? <laughs> like, no. <laughs> not going to go that far. Like, it is the contract. Would you come up and get the... The Crowlard versions, but yeah, I mean, I, I totally relate with that sentiment. Uh, funny, you know, our Oktoberfest that made it to the Gnome Finer Four was, yeah. of course, contract yes. brewed. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, <laughs> <laughs> which uh, I thought, I thought last year's was incredible too. That and it, it, it I don't remember one, who knocked that one out, but it was a really yeah. good beer. Actually, that one, first year it was it was Taft, and that past year it was uh, Carrickin. Right. So I mean, it's actually. I think that one does come out pretty consistent of what yeah. we do here in the tap room. So been pretty happy with that one, but yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, there's a lot of different rabbit holes we could go down with that, but you know, like I, it also, at the same time, like it's not, it, it isn't who Brink is to me. Like it's it, not that cans aren't important and being in Kroger is clearly important and having yeah. beer out there is, is a great thing and gets more people to know you guys, but it's not who yeah, you guys are. Yeah. It's, like this, it's a line. this is who it is. Like <laughs> to me, cans, for a place like you guys should only exist to get people in here to get their beer. And uh, I, I, maybe that's wrong for a lot of people. Maybe people disagree with that, but I, that's, that's the way I feel. I, just don't, I mean, I, we, we've had that discussion and that's a, that's an old one too. It just seems like a kind of a lot of that, uh, tap room release methodology, I'd say has, yeah. has kind of petered out. It's not as hot as it used to be. I mean, and I, we find that even with bottles. I mean, I think that's sure. probably just the proliferation of, packaging in general you know there, there used to be a lot more people show up for releases right. and you know to get the cans and I, I know you're probably not exactly talking about that but just getting our name out there introducing more people yeah. to the brand and then oh where's that i want to go visit it so you know that that's obviously a thinking of it but in the back of our head it's it's also kind of always been a means to the end like the right. ultimate goal is to do what's about to happen which uh, we have a canning line coming that's, in that's the next question what's what does yeah. next door look like for you guys uh, so we've been in there for those who, you know, have been to the tap room, there's building right next to us. It's actually been used mostly as like our grain storage for years and just other sundry crap storage right. or for two years, much to the chagrin of Mark, it was also uh, the Brink band practice right. space until I finally <laughs> threw them out last year. Like gotta get a new practice space. It can't be the brewery. Um, but, uh, you know, we've been on a lease with that. Part of the goal was to, uh, purchase the building which we've negotiated now it's it's under a city mortgage so there's a lot of a uh, bureaucratic red tape uh to get through to actually have that building released to point where we could buy it so we're buying the building next door uh this arrangement shortly after we backed out this was really the reason we kind of the other part of backing out of the production facility um was 
getting a deal on this building and, and keeping us committed to, you know, if we're going to invest more money, it's going to be in College Hill. Uh, so got the, the building purchase agreement done sometime in May or June, and we have been working on design for a while. It's finalized. We have purchased our wild goose canning line. I uh, got another tank coming. I mean, our, our big bottleneck is still seven barrel system. We can only produce so right. much. Uh, we're putting another walk-in in there, so that that's a bottleneck we've always had. So if we're going to produce our own package, we got to have the court. Have a place you know. to put in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so thing about the building next door is it's uh, it's actually got a basement, so it's got some structural things we got to take care of. We got to put in a new I beam and be able to support the additional weight right. that we're going to have up there, but. It's moving along. The canning line, unfortunately, is going to be shipped in probably about a month, and we haven't even started the construction over okay. there. Uh, so there's some interesting so, decisions on that one. So the community table may be gone. There may be just a big crate with a uh, board on it. For honestly, I, I think our friends down at Urban Artifact are going to store our... They've, uh, they've got a little bit of space yeah, down they're, there. They're probably going to store our canning line while, the, while we uh, start the construction. But we were in a position with that where uh, uh, Wild Goose, was, everything's going up, was raising their, their right. price 20% on the canning line. So to save... 20G, we uh, right. bought it a little sooner than we were ready for, thinking that the lead time would be longer and that it wouldn't be here <laughs> in a month. Uh, but no, we, we've uh, so we're getting close to that. I mean, I think we'll probably start construction over there, hopefully by the end of the year. So is it all going to be production over there? Pretty, is there yeah, be some... I mean, maybe at some point. I mean, we're going to redo the, the front storefront and kind of connect the buildings a little bit, make them so look you guys, more... Another another one of those expansion things that we've seen from a lot of breweries is event space. The private yeah, room that somebody yeah. can rent out and, and have a, you know... that That's kind of a goal. Uh, the only place to really connect the two and have it like a private the front event space there. would be through there, which is our three-phase electric panel. So okay. moving that and, you know, that that's the pain. But we, we'd call that phase two. So we're more or less just... For this first phase, uh, concentrating on the structural re-engineering we need and right. then the infrastructure we need for the canning line and the walk-in. Kind of leaving the front kind of unfinished, so maybe we do that in the future. We have started for the first time ever. We've just been turning down so much over the years, like people, corporate events people call for. Yeah, the private event space, right. willing to rent it. We started renting the tap room on kind of like off hours, not right. really trying to conflict with the... Uh, we got something coming up this week where we open at noon, but event goes to roughly when we open the tap room. So we're doing a little bit more of that, but ideally that would be great if we had a private event space. So that may be down the line. Another cool thing going on this year, and you see it all along uh, Hamilton Avenue, there was some um, facade grant money for like patio improvements and things mm -hmm. of that nature. So we're getting a whole new patio set up next year it's uh not gonna be like looking into a parking lot anymore right it's actually gonna have like greenery and sun sails <laughs> and it'll, it'll be a really nice patio uh so they're redoing that uh hopefully that starts somewhere around february and we'll take a couple months so we'll have an expanded patio space um, by the time it gets warm outside yeah yeah nice. we're really excited about that so it'll be a much nicer patio to hang out on um you know and some of that coincided with obviously the launch of the Dora here in uh, College Hill, which that's fun. Yeah, I uh, didn't know that was happening. Yeah, that's the Dora signs on it. I mean, really, there hasn't. Again, I come in the back door. Right? <laughs> There's one on the back door <laughs> too. <there> yeah, <laughs> really, the only time we uh, had any Dora business though so far was when we had our Maker's Mart and the big outdoor right. uh, vendor fair. Uh, but this Wednesday, or sorry, this Thursday's Light Up College Hill, which is a, a big event That'll here in College Hill, so. We'll probably get some Dora traffic there, but it's still new. We're the guinea pigs on the Dora. You right. know, we're the bad guys, you have to say. No, you still can't bring your liquor from somewhere else in right. here. It's meant to be outdoor recreation. But, yeah, some of the patio expansion and what they're doing out there is you know, help better support the Dora and have us, you know, so we can share kind of liquor license space in a way with mashed roots next to us. Right. So we've always had the liquor license on the patio. These guys move in, they're, they're doing alcohol, but still legally not allowed to take your alcohol purchase from mashed roots right. onto the brink patio. So it's still a little messy. Medora doesn't alleviate a lot of that, uh, but part of that was giving mashed roots a patio where their right. customers can go and take their stuff and us not 
lose the ability to still can, do flights and you things can get out there. your food at mash yes. rates and then come drink <laughs> that's on the pretty much what patio. We yeah, there you go that's pretty much it yeah. <laughs> i i am a huge proponent of dora districts yeah. i uh, i love walking around with beer my kids don't like to sit anywhere anymore so you can go grab a beer somewhere and then just walk and they are happy as long as you're moving so <laughs> i'm a huge proponent of it <laughs> Uh, I tell you, but let's let's take a quick break. Uh, we got to talk about the sponsor. This show's uh, sponsor is what keeps it all rolling. It keeps it keeps it happening, and you guys know it by now. The show sponsor, Manscaped.com. We love Manscaped on this show, and if you if you've not been to the website, go to the website. Go to Manscaped.com because it's not just something to trim your balls with. Even if you don't have balls, you can find something on the website that you will appreciate. However, if you do have balls, there are things that uh, that you might appreciate more because they, they make all kinds of fun little uh, trimmers and things. Uh, for instance, if you need some new deodorant, guess who's got it for you? Manscaped.com. Uh, so you don't need deodorant. That's fine. But if you need body wash, guess what? Manscaped.com. They've got it for you, too. If you need, if you are tired, i tell you what, if you're tired of using one of those stupid loofah things that don't work very good, go to manscaped.com. They have this cool little rubber scrubber tool that I should probably look up the name of because I, I, I love it. Um, I use it all the time. I think it's called the body buffer. Um, I believe it's called the body buffer. Lose the loofah. <laughs> Just go to manscaped.com and see what they have. And while you're there, you can get 20% off and free shipping with the code GNOME at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code GNOME, G-N-O-M-E, GNOME. Be thankful this holiday season for the best gift of all for manscaped.com. Your balls and I will thank you. Um, kind of bigger picture stuff. If, if, if you were starting all over again, number one, would you, uh, number two, <laughs> would, what would it look like? What would, what would the other vision be? Would it be the same thing as what you guys have done here? Cause uh, I mean, it's hard to, it's hard to say that there's anything wrong with right. what this is. I mean, yeah. Again, the, not the medals are everything, but when you sit here and you look at what Brink has accomplished, it's hard to. It's hard to say that anything else would be as uh, rewarding. But. Yeah, no, that's a tough question because, I mean, honestly, this is, uh, I mean, there's an immense amount of pride of what we've done here right. uh, and doing it on our own without investors and the way we've done it and just chugging along and slow and steady kind of wins the race mentality. Um, you know, it's allowed me to quit my job, grow my hair out and not give a damn. Uh, <laughs> And do and do something I truly enjoy for a living, but you know, to do it all over again, just watching. You know, I'm friends with a lot of people in the industry, obviously a very close knit group, and just seeing what other owners did and how they did it versus what we did. I mean, again, we were always undercapitalized from the get go. Right. Um, just not enough money to really start much other than this, and uh, I think the biggest thing that I I would do is again businesses exist to make a profit you know it's right. uh, nothing wrong with that uh you know i it took us we just added medical and health benefits last year i mean so it took us four years to get to that point to even offer our our employees that four years so. isn't bad though <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, mean, if, I mean if we look bigger like how long did it take madry to do that i, I, I don't know, know the answer to that yeah. but I, I and maybe it was really fast maybe i'm <laughs> completely wrong but i imagine it was a while i, I know some startups who again are, are have been better capitalized that they offer that as a benefit package right away. But, right. you know, just think I, that would be the big thing. I mean, we, with the three initial ownership groups, which uh, we really just didn't want to dilute our shares and right. have to deal with running a more structured corporate type entity. Right. So, I mean, but looking back, that's always been a, that, that has been a limiting factor on, I think, our ability to grow, our ability to do more traditional marketing get our name out there and things that you see so right. i mean we've been very viral on the marketing side from the get-go so if you know about brink it's because of the beer and somebody talking about it right you know for the most part so uh we've just never been able to really market or advertise as effectively as i've wanted to so i mean i think that's a big part oh, that's I mean, interesting because yeah. i think i know that there are a lot of places that uh in in the time since you guys have opened that startup that kind of think that that's just the way it is like oh no well i mean we're, we're gonna be like brink you know like look how they did it like they don't advertise like yeah. the word just gets out it's word of mouth people figure out about it and like i don't 
I don't know if everybody understands that uh, it doesn't always work out that way. It doesn't always work out that way. <laughs> and I mean, a lot of that was just timing and dumb luck from us. I mean, I think we kind of, with, without how to say this, I don't know. I, th- I think we were kind of the last brewery and like the first big, yeah. you know, growth phase of breweries. I mean, when we started writing our business plan, I remember writing the nine active breweries in Cincinnati at the time with like the foreign planning that I knew about. And by the time we opened, I think we've uh, disagreed on this number. We were either 29 or 30 or something like that. Depends how you count it. (laughs) Right. Right. And I mean, we, we had some hype behind us behind it before we opened. I mean, people at least knew us from home brewing clubs and being in the beer scene, but in a very different, like you, you, there are some places that opened before you guys, some places that opened after that hype when they were opening. It was yeah. a very different thing. Like yeah, that, that, it wasn't like, you know, people were running around and, uh, uh, you know, just camping out waiting for this right. place to open up. I mean, there were definitely some people in the area that were pretty freaking excited about it. But, um, you know, it's, it, it, there are some places that there was a lot more hype behind that. I think we're kind of caught off guard that people weren't lined up and making them close a couple days after they opened well, because yeah, they I ran mean, that, out of that's beer. Kind of what I was, <laughs> that's kind of what I was alluding to. I mean, I don't. I think that's just a shift in the market. I mean, I think once we got to a, a certain point that, I mean, frankly, I think the novelty somewhat has worn off of brew. I mean, when there's 30 breweries versus right. 60, you know, and you had to, it was just less accessible. I mean, it was, it was more of a thing, I think, back then. Uh, yeah, I sound like the negative Nelly. There's too many breweries. I'm not, you know, there's not right. that there's too many breweries. I just think it's, uh, it's, you know, it's, di- it's, it's different factors. It's now. harder to be, it's harder to be as excited about a new yeah. brewery when it's, uh, when it's a normal thing now. Every, yep. Yeah, everything's, I mean, it's very challenging I, to stand out. I, I mean, wonder if, if somebody else could kind of create that kind of excitement again. Like is, is there, I mean, I think it's still like, is there very community based? Is there a neighborhood yeah, that is just yeah. so desperate for a brewery still? I mean, the, the guys who we name dropped before, sure. you know, Verge. I mean, they're trying to replicate uh, what we did here um, in Delhi, right? Uh, and they got good support uh, from the Delhi uh, community council and business associations. And I live over that way, and I actually work. At, believe it or not, this goes to the gym every now and then. But I, I work out <laughs> in a gym in Delhi, and I'll see people in there wearing their Verge shirts. I mean, I, I think that's still a thing. I right. mean, I think it's very community-based, but I mean, there was a lot of, like, citywide press and things of that. Right. Like, when we came out, and it just, it, again, I think it was it was just a little different era. Not as many. I mean, there's 3,000 breweries. There's 8,000 now, so I think that's just a big factor. But there, there also weren't a ton of breweries that were coming out of the gate so kind of well thought out. I think that like at that time there, like when a brewery would open, it was like, Hey, we like beer. We're going to make a brewery. (laughs) And they open their doors and like, Hey, now we have one. Now we're going to figure this out. Right. Whereas it seemed to me like you guys, when you were starting out as like, no, we're, we've, we've thought a lot about what this, what this is and what this needs to be and how to make this, uh, you know, kind of what we want the space to be and what the, the personality of it to be. And I think that was, uh, not and they, for everybody else that opened around that time that's now like yelling at their phone or whatever you listen on. I'm sorry. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not saying you didn't think things through, but um, this was one of the first. And I don't want to like, like call it well polished or like something, but like that, that idea it, where you walk in like, oh, this is planned out. <laughs> it had some polish. I mean, obviously, Sarah McGarry, who used to be part here, uh, you know, we brought a lot of the concepts that. You know, we saw in right. Colorado, obviously, that that was ahead of what Cincinnati was doing in terms of what they did with neighborhood breweries, the look and right. feel. I mean, I wouldn't say we were the first. I mean, I, Woodburn, when they opened, I remember That's walking true. in there That's like, true. whoa, okay, this is a neighborhood brewery that really focused on their tap room. Right. Uh, I mean, believe it or not, we didn't spend that much on this tap room, but we still got kind of, you know, exactly what we were looking for out of it. Uh, I also have a hard time putting in my head a time frame of when things happened. <laughs> that could also be it. Yeah. Too. <laughs> yeah. Man, there's, a, there's a big glut there. I mean, I, there's six or seven in 2017. I mean, I know we we talked about it and Dell never followed up with it, but there's supposed to be a five-year collab yeah. with like the seven breweries there's, that... there's been a few there's been a few uh, uh years that have tried to, to get people yeah. together and do that do it that, never, yeah. never, never works happens. out Damn it. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's hard to get people to do anything yeah. anymore Pretty uh, much. Uh, kind of on that note if you look at what cincinnati beer is today 
what like what do you look at now that kind of makes you excited about it and what what do you look at now that it's like oh, oh man geez. this is <laughs> um i mean I'll, t- I'll tell you straight up i mean when we opened uh, i think the beer quality's gone through the roof in cincinnati i mean just look at the number yeah. of breweries that are you know winning i mean mad tree winning at gabf and it's highly competitive in making a, a good product i mean there was the false belief back in the day oh you just make beer whatever you'll sell it anyone comes big in ash here. winning can we, yeah, I mean, can we shout out big yeah, ash for no, winning I mean, <laughs> they make great stuff and like people don't realize it but that i mean that's they got a world beer cup gabf that's not by accident no um, but no that's exactly right like i mean they're you know for lack of better terms sorry guys out there the beer nerds uh you know Usually, you know, Big Ash is not on front of mind for a lot of the folks. Well, you got to pour your own beer. It's still yeah. kind of weird. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I will say it's Don't the brewery do. that I like the bartender the most. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. But, you know, they, they're not generally thrown out in the conversation right. when, you know, you see the, the beer groups on Facebook and, oh, who do I go to for X style or X style? Uh, but, like, look at what they're doing. But, yeah. I mean, I think the quality is just gone through the roof uh in the five years or almost six years now that we've been open um forget your second part was like what, what is, most scares what is, me what is, what is the, the not so great side of it uh, the, on the same side of it the, the damn competition <laughs> but again it's when it, coming from from you guys it's hard to take that seriously uh, so i mean just, it's just it, again it's it's a market like anything else and you're competing for dollars not just right. against other breweries but even i mean any entertainment dollars right now i mean this is a, that's a larger thing than just focusing on on breweries but i don't really see a lot of bad uh, well, you, i mean you, I, I will you, say that every time a a place opens their second or third location like this fretboard bastards <laughs> uh yeah i get a little twinge like oh man we got to be doing that too and sometimes just trying to level myself and you know our group that trying to ignore the things yeah. you need to ignore and <laughs> right. pay attention you know, to the things you need to that doesn't you know as long as we can make our nut here and you know make what we need to make here that's not necessarily the path right. we have to go down but yeah well, you, you talked earlier a little bit about kind of bottle releases and can releases and how much that has changed and like, I, I've been thinking about that a lot this time of year always I think about it a lot as I'm trying to figure out how to pay for all the things I want to buy <laughs> and and like it it has it has changed. Like you have to make a decision now. It's like, okay, there's, you know, this release, this release, this release, and this release all happening within, you know, uh, we'll say six weeks of each other. Yep. Which one do I want to go to? Uh, which one do I want to drop an entire paycheck at? Right. <laughs> which one do I want to, you know, just kind of pick and choose and try to figure out, you know, which, which of the variants I want to snag. And there's not a whole lot of, Oh yeah. If, if, if somebody's releasing this, I'm just going to buy them all. Like that's fine. Like you have to, you have to be very thoughtful about it now. And like, that's, it's a yeah. new experience here in Cincinnati. It's not, it's not a crazy one. It's a good one. Like I'm glad that we have that problem. But it is different. I don't. I still don't know if I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we. Uh, our, our. I was actually pleasantly surprised what Black Friday did because yeah. you know, again, the internal. Anybody who knows me on Facebook and follows my Bay Mangles rants, they know I'm an internal pessimist uh, when I don't really need to be. I guess at times, <laughs> no, but no, no, we always need to be. The Cincinnati sports, you yeah, always have to be. Yeah, <laughs> it's but, a different category. <laughs> I didn't think uh, that. You know, we did the Duncan Clan uh, double barrel release great beer 13 one percent i'm you know not hot at all uh smooth as silk but i mean back in the day we'd do a bottle release and yeah. you know we'd had to put limits on it uh and that was sometimes challenging to navigate and right. people drive all the way out here and like i can only get two bottles uh the last few releases we haven't put limits on and you know i, I can't re- we haven't done a lot of bottles so we, we had a big break so i think that's part of maybe why the duncan did pretty well but we pretty much sold out in a day, but you know we didn't put limits on this for a time right. because need to move need to move the beer. Right. Uh, you know, back in the day, you had to. There's a line of 30, 40 people waiting out there doing a beer share before the the bottle releases. Yeah. And I, I still yeah. remember that first yeah. one, the Infinite Armor, the, yeah, Armored Heart, Armored Heart. There Armand we go. Hart, yeah. uh, the uh, uh, the line outside, and you know, having yeah. a beer with some people, and still have one of those. I, left. I heard somebody the other day say, oh yeah I, got, I still got the whole set uh, like, not the whole set on, <laughs> some of those some of those need a drink yeah but, uh, um, I think I have one of just the uh, I don't remember which one it is it's either the 
It's, it's, it's probably not the. There was a. Rum, there was the a, base, there, was a there was a rum barrel, right? Yeah. It's not that one. I know. Okay. I drank that one pretty quick, just in case. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's probably just the base one, um, but you know things like that, like that, just doesn't. It's different now. Like it feels different. It, uh, you know, even. I think even if. Uh, you managed to to find some kind of weekend that was kind of on its own little island away from all the other releases. I just I don't think people, I don't think people feel the same way about it that they used to. I agree, and I, I don't I don't know that's a bad thing, but it definitely I don't I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I miss that. It, it goes back to that kind of that community it side. It was a great part of the community. Do you yeah. think that because craft beer is is growing in the city do you think that the community itself is is changing or, or shrinking or being watered down maybe is a uh, better way to, to yeah, put it yeah uh, i mean i don't know what the right term would be i mean maybe a little diluted again just for conceptually the same reasons but uh you're spreading yourself thinner now yeah uh, i mean i know the folks you know that I'm friends with who do go to the releases. They're still out there right. getting charged up about about it. But I mean, again, I I do think it's it's a level of uh, you know it lost a little bit of the cool factor. I think uh, you know, and there's just so much out there to to try to follow and right. and get and pay attention to. And you know, when if 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 the end goal is to go just grab a great beer, you can yeah. just go grab one off the shelf like they yeah, have great no, beer I mean, just true. laying around. That's that's true. <laughs> I mean. So I think I mean that 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 is an important factor still in trying to drive trap room business and get some some hype and behind the releases is making it limited and limited to the tap right. room. I mean uh, those are specialty beers that, like at least in our case and you know the smaller I don't know anyone who puts you know their barrel releases out in retail but right. you know so those still have some legs I think and I was surprised and pleased with how how the Duncan Clan okay. went so we're we're getting. We kind of took a little hiatus on the barrel program there for a while. We had, you know, yeah, yeah, we had where, a bunch where of, we're sitting. Yeah, was. where we're sitting was or the, the barrel room, or likely a legal barrel room. I know it was probably not TTB compliant. So Every, everybody has done that at one point yeah, or another. I mean, that was a big thing too with me. Like empty those barrels, and we're you know we're having yeah. the official barrel room next right. door in the expansion. So uh, we've started restockpiling. So we got seven or eight things aging see, over I, there now. I like where they're sitting where I can see them so I can yeah. kind of look and see what's in each of those barrels and kind of... <laughs> yeah, no, that, that was a cool factor, but I I, I know that uh, we used a uh, TTB uh, consultant when we opened and w she went to an unnamed brewery in town <laughs> and then just... Did you see what so and so's doing with their barrels? That's totally illegal. I give to you. Okay, la la oh, la la la. Jerks. So <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, I just forgot what I was going to say. I was I had I had another whole line of thinking that I that I was going on. Um, oh man, it's going to drive me crazy now. <laughs> Um, I mean, you can edit out that TTB non-compliance <laughs> stuff, right? <laughs> you give me a list afterwards of all the things you want to cut out. Um, oh man, it's going to drive me crazy. I had something that I was just going to ask you. <laughs> oh man. Um, as far as breweries around, this is not what I was thinking of, okay. but hopefully it's going to come to me here in a second. As far as breweries around town, uh, what are some places that you really enjoy going to that aren't your own brewery? Oh, I mean, there's a lot, but I have my favorites. Uh, I'm a, I'm a homer for the dudes out at narrow path. Oh yeah. Uh, Fretboard guys. I love, I mean, they're another one that, I mean, maybe because they don't do a lot of rotational stuff. Uh, you know, they're not dropping new recipes right. every. You know, that's one thing we try to do, and well, being smaller, we can with Fresh Beer Friday. But, my memory, I got it. Now. Okay, uh, <laughs> you know, that's always one on my list. Uh, you know, Sonder, of course. Uh, but I mean, trying to think where I don't like to go. I, mean, <laughs> that, I think yeah. that's probably a better question, which I, I would never ask that question. Yeah. <laughs> but that's, that is a better question of like, what are the places that like you would never go to? Um, uh, talking about kind of new stuff, new things on tap, how you guys are one of those places. And, and thank God that we have more than, than, than just a couple of them now that really kind of, that do still stick to a lot of traditional styles in addition to the other kind of, 
trendier, yeah. uh, hipstery kind of stuff that, that that is out there. How do you navigate that world of playing with trends, but not letting it take over and not letting it become something that consumes yeah. your identity yeah. again? Um, it's always been a tough one too, but I will gladly say we're followers. We're not trendsetters. So no, but you make yeah, trendy yeah, styles. Yeah, no, we do, like you're not afraid to no, do something. We're not. Um, and we honestly, I have, Almost have zero you, have you input made a cold on that. IPA? Oh, God, did we make one? I don't think we made one. We made a raw IPA. I can't remember what the hell that was called now, but no, we haven't done a cold cold IPA. Um, and so much of that just straight up is what Drew wants to make. Right. Um, there's an occasional style that I'll throw out there, and you know, or somebody else. I mean, now one thing that's a little different in the last couple of years. Uh, I do have a, a good marketing team here. Uh, they're bartenders and uh, Jackie and Michael, uh, if you're ever at the bar, uh, they kind of do all our beer labels and social media, uh, our idea people. Um, and they, they have a lot of ideas on that, uh, but a lot of it is just Drew and he'll throw out like a list of beers coming up. and So it's not know, like a calculated it's trying not, to keep a balance of... Uh, there's there's a lot of that. I mean, and again, this is just Drew and his spreadsheets like in, you know, inventory management. So, yeah, there's certain beers that you know, we always want to have Muzi on year-round. Right. Hold the reins. We gotta have, you know, now it's Jackpot Joey, but, uh, you know, Ublon. We always want to have all West Coast IPA right. and a New England IPA. And then the rest of the tabs are just Obviously, we shift light to dark based upon seasonality. As it starts getting colder, we stop brewing less, right. you know, less fruity light stuff and open that up for the, the bigger beers. Um, you know, nothing more, nothing too intricate on that. It all comes from Drew and just his his planning and his it's, ability to keep spreadsheets and project when we're going to run out. And, it just you know. seems so difficult to me because, like, you you have something like Moosey and you yeah. have this award winning milk stout. It's like, how do you not make like 13 other beers that are kind of on that same thing? Yeah. Like, okay, so people like this, let's just make a bunch of these, <laughs> you know, and the same goes like for something trendy where, you know, it's uh, maybe, you know, doing an IPA or some kind of fruited this or that. And you get people just raving about it and just, you know, drinking a ton of it. How do you not just make a bunch of it? Like, how do you, how do you balance that? Um, out? Like, a lot you... of that is just Drew saying no. <laughs> <laughs> That's gotta be tough to do. Like, I guess from the, the brewing side, I guess it's probably not as tough as like, if you're, if you're coming at it from a different perspective, yeah, maybe, I mean, the marketing we, we, perspective, we try not to get all businessy on that, honestly. And I think right. that is part of our identity too. Like we, yeah, we want to make two style beers and have, have a full menu right. and everything available. So somebody comes in here, we can find something you like. That's always been a goal. I mean, believe it or not, it took us a while to get there. Um, you know, but now we almost always have 19 on tap. You guys are I one mean, of the few places that can always, almost always go and get an English mile. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and, but I mean, again, we have enough other space that, that, that allows us to do, you know, so we always try to do a sour, a sour or two right. and then keep, keep open something for something cool, like our peach of our heart. Or we did the, uh, the cryo, uh, uh, IPA with Listerman and um, oh, oh that was good I forgot yeah. about that one uh, oh that was good yeah and finally and I don't know how this finally made the list but I'm a I'm a fan of alt beers and oh. I've I've thrown it out many times like ah why not, just for me I want an alt beer finally we're having an alt beer come out <laughs> like I I didn't ask for it in the last two years but right. I saw it on Drew's list. I'm like, yes, an old beer. There's, okay. there's going to be three people yeah, excited. Exactly. There, right? there will be. There will be. And I'm one of them. But, uh, but some of that, you know, you just kind of want to test it and see how well they do. I mean, uh, one that we just brought back that we haven't brewed in forever. Uh, I think it had been over three years since we brewed it was uh, the Broken Sprocket, our oh, a- yeah. Amber American Ale, which yeah. is one of our opening day recipes. Kind of We've been talking about it like, yeah, this, you know, no, it never really moved great, but there's always people who come in and say, right. what do you got that's an amber? What do you got that's a red? Brought that back, and I mean, it's done really well. Uh, people buy a lot of it since it's been back. Like, huh, eh, 
didn't expect that. So, uh, <laughs> well, that's sometimes it's just a, like it's a timing thing. It's a, you know, it, it, what's on the board. Like sometimes, you know, if, if you have, if you have an alt beer and an amber at the same time, <laughs> nobody's drinking the alt beer, but if you don't yeah. have the, uh, yeah, the yeah. you know, so like it, it just depends on what else is around it. And like yeah. it's a, it's a, it's a fun little game sometimes. Yeah, it is. And I mean, it, it's, it's Jenga or, Tetris over there. I mean, yeah. that is it. We got slots, and you know, we kind of have a, a roadmap of what styles yeah. we need to fill on those taps. And uh, speaking of it. speaking of taps and your tap your tap list, um, I have to shout it out because so many places now are going to those stupid untapped menus, and I yeah, love yeah, untapped yeah. and what it what can do and how easy it is for people. It's taken all of the soul out of people's <laughs> tap lists. I love being able to walk into I a agree. brewery and seeing how they display what beers are on tap. And you guys are one of the few places that still has something that has some kind of personality to it. So uh, the day you guys stop doing that and switch to oh, untapped. That, w- that won't happen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, usually it happens when places start to move to those multiple locations and stuff. It just yeah. becomes a pain in the ass keeping track of it. So yeah. uh, I get it. I'm not, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not calling you guys out, but uh, it's, 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 it's I don't kinda, like it. I guess it's got its advantages so but I'm the same way like we, we did have that discussion when we opened like right. and those were kind of a newer newer thing uh, at least when we were planning the untapped plugins like eh. just like you said it's it's soulless it was soulless the, to us the chalkboards at one point became kind of a, a yeah. funny kind of you know we, we, we talked about it a couple weeks ago on the show that meme that went around of like the the brewery starter kit you know yeah. the, the stools and the you know Edison uh, bulbs stools, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the Edison bulbs and like I think that's what makes a craft brewery and uh, you know chalkboard menus I think for, for a short period of time became that whereas now like it's almost like I, I I long for them. I want somebody <laughs> to have something that has some kind of personality to it. Uh, I, I I think that that is that's one of the things. And yeah, you guys do do check a couple of those things from the brewery starter kit. And yeah, but, yeah. But there is so much personality <laughs> to this place, and it is so different than a lot of places that are opening up still. And I, I just I love that so much. It checks so many different little boxes. Yeah. Everything from the, the big communal table to you know the uh, to the, the Edison bulbs, <laughs> the, the, the fake the, ones, uh, uh, the Scrabble <laughs> on the wall, yeah. and like you know having the uh, the bar stools with the the, the roll up window. Like there's so many little things that just make this such a perfect tap room. It is it is like if somebody says, oh you know what are the things you have to do to have a good tap room? So like, just go here and look at this. Yeah, no. and like they check almost all the boxes. That, that was the that, that was. A checklist we had and that's why it also took us a long time to find a space as it had to have those features for us and uh yeah uh nothing's really changed there uh Uh, if is there anything that you want people to know about brink that you think that they don't already know oh lord if you're listening to this i think you you already know enough (laughs) Uh, yeah Uh, i don't know that I, i just you know i know uh I think our, our quality has, has remained consistent throughout yeah. the seven years. I mean, I, everything that we put out here in the tap room, I'm still extremely proud of. I mean, right. I can go down the list, and even if it's not a style that I typically drink, the beer judge in me can drink and be like, yep, yeah, that's what it should taste right. like. Uh, I hate peach in beers, generally speaking. This new peach in my heart that we just dropped, like, wow, okay, I guess I like peach. So, I mean... <laughs> I'm 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 a little too snobby about our beers, and uh, but I mean that's with good cause. I think we got a great team and right. process here, and you uh, should be right. Yeah, no, I mean <laughs> I, we wouldn't accept it any other way. So right. I mean it's uh, I don't know. I think uh, the big thing was just uh, look for uh, a lot more canned diversity coming out, and when we take over. Uh, that aspect of the business and canning the stuff that we make here i think that's going to be a whole new ball game i mean one thing that we've been limited on is just ability to really i mean people want callista in cans and frankly we're like no we're not giving that recipe up i mean there's some of that with contracting like some brands like we're when we're doing it we're going to put it out and it's going to meet quality that you'd expect here or even just the idea that you can do a smaller run of cans or something and not stress out about it exactly i mean and that that's easier to you know that's i'm finding that that is if you're going to be a a brewery that doesn't like rotate your your skews or what you're offering in packaging you generally have to be a bigger brewery with a lot bigger marketing budget and point of sales support so that's one thing we've struggled with in the contract brain and just the the retail side is that we're still 
we're still small and we don't have those resources. And then we put out, you know, our on the brink IPA, which, uh, yeah, I think it's a great IPA in a can, but unlike the one we brew here, like we'll change the, we have seven, eight versions right. that we do here. Now we have one kind of Citra based version that we put in cans, but you know, we don't have a, as much marketing support behind that. But you know, one thing that I think we're going to be able to do really well with the canning line is, 16-ounce rotational, always putting new stuff out there that right. hopefully will generate more excitement than, hey, I've seen the same beer on the shelf for, right. for three years and nothing's changed about it. So, I mean, that that's the goal. That's that's coming in 2023, and I think the expansion and the new patio and everything else that's happening in College Hill, it's actually finally, I think, becoming the destination that we thought it would be in it's 2017. Everything, everything yeah. moves slow. Yeah, a little slow. <laughs> Yeah, we're kind of landlocked over here, but now there's some cool stuff coming in to, to compliment. And if they ever do, or whenever they do something with the theater, that would right. be great. That would I mean, be cool. They got some RF uh, RFOs out right now, and some of the people they're trying to uh, entice for the theater operation. That would be just awesome for College Hill if that became like a Madison type right. or Oakley theater, 20th century that theater. Cool. Like, yeah, music venue is kind of yeah. one of the big things I'm pulling for. Figure out some kind of better street crossing method. Uh, people yeah, and they're, they got they got a pedestrian <laughs> safety player. <laughs> uh, well, I I will say that if if for some reason you live here in Cincinnati and you listen to this podcast and you haven't been to Brink, come to Brink. I, I have a really hard time believing that that hasn't happened. But, uh, come down here. Even if you have been here, come back down here again because uh, the, the medals do mean something. And uh, they, they mean that the beer's great. And um, I, 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 I like beer at a lot of places. I don't often say that a lot of places are great. This is a great place to grab a beer. And um, I'm going to go do that. I'm going to go grab there a beer. <laughs> Uh, we'll be back next week. I don't know off the top of my head who we were talking to, but it's going to be another <laughs> great show. And um, share it with your friends, sensiprewcast.com and all that stuff. Uh, if you want to support, go to thenellynome.com slash support. Try to squeeze out everything I was supposed to say in this little outro really quickly. Sensiprewcast, the voice of Sensi Craft. <laughs>